The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiniest Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show Season 2, where we talk about some movies and read some fiction. If you want to go ahead and get a hold of the show, you can always contact me at Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook or Aaron Horror Show on Twitter or Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. All right, well, I'm back. Well, kind of. I'm still injured, still recovering, and I decided that I want to go ahead and throw out some short episodes here and there that maybe talk about a movie, maybe read some fiction, you know, just so to get some stuff out there uh, while I'm while I'm laid up, uh, you know, recovering. Uh, for those of you that don't know what happened or only heard part of the story, I actually broke my leg and also tore some ligaments in my kneecap. So how did that happen? Well, I was out in my parking lot and this ninja came and started attacking residents. And I stepped in and decided to take out the master ninja with a jumping roundhouse kick. No, actually, I just slipped on some ice in a parking lot. Yep, I was walking and uh, did the splits and felt my back leg, which was my right leg at the time, a twist in some way that legs don't normally twist in, and uh, yeah, couldn't stand from there. Uh, Some neighbors found me. My my wife was actually inside putting our our one-year-old son to bed at the time, so uh, you know, (laughs) she had no idea what was going on until the neighbor came and knocked on the door, and uh, an ambulance ride later, it looks like uh, basically I had torn like three ligaments in my knee broke my meniscus and also the worst of it the shattering of the tibial plateau which is uh you know the main weight bearing bone of your body so yeah i had to have surgery to get that fixed up and uh you know i've i've recovered from that surgery uh still can't put any weight on it so the the bone's still healing and i have you know uh (laughs) some time more don't don't ever break your tibial plateau Uh, it's non-weight bearing for about three months yeah that's a long time to not walk Uh, and then after that i got another surgery coming up 
uh, to do all that ligament damage. So yeah, there's still some damage in there. And then, you know, I got, got some metal plates, take-home price. Of course, those metal plates could bother me later on, and I'll have a third surgery. Who would have thought ice can do all that? So yeah, if you, you know, ever are uh, in, in below uh, freezing weather, and there could be ice on the ground, I strongly recommend having the right footwear because, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I flipped on ice before, but <laughs> never this bad. So anyways, uh, yeah, so it's, it's been kind of hard for me to, you know, uh, record, you know, uh, videos because since I can't walk, I essentially can't go, you know, uh, record and, and why does walking, uh, you know, why, why, why is walking related to recording? Well, it's because I stand up, actually, and do all my recording standing up. Uh, I'm sitting down right now, of course, but uh, the reason I stand is I have cats, and they love to barge in, and they love to... In fact, I'm surprised one hasn't already started meowing. But, uh, yeah, the the way that I found for them not to bug me while I'm recording is to stand up. Uh, so, you know, I just decided, you know, eh, if a cat comes in and decides to meow... We could just leave it in there, right? So all of you know there's cats that could potentially interrupt this episode because I can't stand up to avoid them. Uh, it's also a lot easier for me to find a space to record because we live in a small place. And, uh, you know, I uh, now kind of, to get these episodes in, have to not only wait for my wife and son to be in bed sleeping, but, uh, you know, also... Uh, also kind of, you know, be awake and alert myself to record the episode. So, yeah, that's why I'm not really getting much out there. But I decided, you know, I feel good. I feel recovered. Can't walk on my leg yet, but uh, at least I'm not on the heavy pain medication, if you know what I mean. So that means I can at least talk about some stuff I've watched. Now, I was on heavy pain medication when I saw this movie. So, you know, let that... Uh, be, you know, sort of a thought, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about the movie Bird Box today. So Bird Box is a Netflix movie that came out recently that I had the privilege to watch while I was recovering from surgery. So in between the, you know, throbbing pain, I got to see a Bird Box, which I actually liked. Maybe it was the drugs. I don't know, but I, you know, I, I've heard a lot of criticism of the movie, but I, you know, for me, I thought it was a nice original uh, concept, you know. I like the idea that you just can't look at the creatures at all. Uh, oh, spoiler alert, by the way. Of course, I'm always going to talk about spoilers in my reviews. Uh, Bird Box is essentially about these weird creatures that invade the planet and you don't quite know if they're demons or aliens or exactly what they are in fact they never show you what the creature looks like uh, but basically if you look at them it doesn't matter how you look at them if you're looking at them through a video a camera a what have you you basically uh, kill yourself and if you don't kill yourself you go insane and uh, try and get other people to look at the creatures so that's kind of the plot of this movie. Now, what that means is that the main characters, in order to navigate the outside world, need to wear blindfolds. 
So the creatures can't get in your house for whatever reason. I don't know. They don't have hands to open windows. They're non-corporeal beings, you know, ghosts, whatever. Either way, we know they can't get in. So if you draw all the blinds, you know, put uh, tape over your windows, whatever you need to do, you're safe. Of course, and this is what I really like about the movie, that makes a big problem for survival, right? Because... In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastic into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know, you can you know I, you can be prepared for the apocalypse, but uh, you know how much food do you really have before you need to go out and like scrounge for it? Or you know, in the case of our characters, they you know the main character she's pregnant and finds her way into this house, and the house of course isn't prepared for the apocalypse like most people are, and uh, they of course need to go find food, and so you know getting to the grocery store. I think a block or two away is a problem when you have to walk outside with a blindfold on. And then, uh, of course, later on, once they start kind of navigating the survival questions, uh, they start having moments, you know, they kind of up the game a little where you find out that there are some people that don't kill themselves when they see these beings. They just go insane and, and want to take people's blindfolds off. So that, of course, makes it harder to navigate outside, right? Because if there are some people that can see that want to take your blindfold off, you know, you have a blindfold, they don't. That's kind of hard to to navigate. So, you know, it's kind of like the world is completely screwed in this in this uh, situation. And so, uh, yeah, I, I thought the survival part was, was fun for me. I, I, that, that's what I really liked about it. Like, you know, take the premise... You have to have a blindfold when you're outside, and then think about what happens. And that's what I like about movies like that. And I think that's where also people thought, that's where people had a lot of criticism for it. I think a lot of the folks that I've talked to that didn't enjoy the movie so much kind of didn't like the survival part of it. What they wanted was to see kind of what was happening in the present arc of action. Because the present arc of action was you know, years after the first, after the event happened, uh, the main character had two kids and she put blindfolds on them and on herself and then got on a boat in a river to go find these other survivors. And, and you thought that was going to be the entire movie would be her in a blindfold and two kids in a blindfold going through like a spooky forest, a spooky river and all that kind of stuff. Instead that that did happen, but it kind of happened 
less in the present arc and more in flashback. So you saw the initial outbreak, the initial people trying to figure out what's going on, the initial survival stuff, all through flashbacks of how she got to the point where she was, why she has two kids, even though she was pregnant with one when it all started happening. You know, like, like there's all... Everything to get her to the river was told via flashback. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people didn't like that because they thought, oh, it makes it just another zombie apocalypse movie, right? Just another survival movie. But, I don't know. It's different than a zombie apocalypse because a zombie apocalypse you can see. You don't have a blindfold on. So, I don't know. I I didn't necessarily dislike the flashbacks because I I thought that was a neat premise to begin with. And I also don't know if I would have liked it as much if it was just a spooky them going through the wilderness with blindfolds on, you know, like I don't call me a skeptic, but I don't know if you could do that and have it be interesting for even an hour and a half, you know, like, like how do you make three characters go through a wilderness with blindfolds on interesting for an hour and a half? And I mean, that would be quite a challenge. And if, if, you know, if anyone knows a movie that's like that, that that works really well and is really good, then hats off to, you know, <laughs> the person who knows about it, but also the person who made the movie. Because, like, I right now couldn't conceive how it'd be done. I figure that after a while you kind of run out of ideas of how to make it interesting for these folks that are that are stuck in this situation. And then we'll also go ahead and talk quickly about the ending. A lot of folks didn't like the ending, uh, so, you know, big spoiler alert, I'm going to spoil it for you. She makes it to the group of people at the end of the river, and it turns out to be a school for the blind, where there's a whole lot of survivors all kind of gathering, and they have, like, you know, even a little atrium in their school that has, like, a canopy of, of, of you know, leaves and stuff over it, so they, you know... They could be outside, but they don't have to actually be outside, right? So, uh, yeah, there's, there's, uh, you know, stuff like, like that. And I, and I think, uh, I think a lot of the folks that I heard that, that didn't like that or didn't understand that were like, okay, so they're blind. How are they any safer? Like, there's still wacko people that want you to see these beans and there's still the beans outside. And, and I was thinking, yeah, but... This is a survival narrative, and, and actually a, a, a encampment for the blind might not be a bad thing in the sense that, really, if you're going to want to start society again and, and get things rolling, you're going to want to start farming, right? And so if you can't go outside to farm or you have to do it in a blindfold, that's going to make things really tough, right? So uh, I imagine having a blind person go out and do the farming that would actually work better, right? Or at least they can, you know, I don't know, teach skills, echolocation, or uh, maybe uh, maybe defend against the people that, uh, the, the, the wackadoodles that want, want people to see the whatever beans, aliens. Uh, and then I guess the other criticism of the ending was you never quite saw the creature. You saw drawings that one person made of the creature or what they thought the creature might be and 
I have no problem with that in this instance. Usually I do like seeing the creature, and I do like like seeing it at the end, but the premise of the movie is something so unearthly, unworldly, uh, demon-y, whatever you want to put in there. Something so scary that it makes people, like, kill themselves, right? That's how scary this thing is. So I don't think you can make anything that scary in real life, right? Like, I think anything you put there would be, oh, that's not scary, or that's not that scary, you know what I mean? So, yeah, in this case, it's probably better not to see the creature, because then you would eventually go, oh, huh, I don't know if that really works. Anyways, that's my take on Bird Box. Overall, I liked it. Overall, I think it's worth seeing. I think the part that that you might enjoy is the uh, survival narrative part of it. Uh, if you're looking for a spooky, dark, kind of psychological thriller of, of somebody not being able to see, that's not really what type of movie it is. So really, I guess, uh, whether you like it or not, depends on what kind of movie you want to see. If you want to see, like, a dark psychological thriller, then Bird Box is not your movie. If you want to see a unique twist on the survival narrative, then Bird Box is your movie. All right, well, uh, thank you, and have a good night. <laughs>